Welcome to the Joey Harris Show for August the 31st, 2020. Greetings and salutations to you, everyone. This is Joey Harris. I am your host, and this is the Joey Harris Show. And joining me today is the man who taught Kevin Malone to make chili. Big TJ, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, my brother. Uh, as always, glad to be on with you. Uh, on this beautiful day, and um, I hope everybody listening is having a good day as well, man. Man, I do too. Uh, I'm going to put the explicit tag on this because we we're going we're we're starting out hot, and we're starting out with a, uh, a sort of a taboo not taboo I should say an explicit topic. Um, saw something on on a different interest that I have, and people's. Um, sexual desires, their kinks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, to me, I'm not into everything that everybody else is into, and they're not into everything that, they're not into everything that I'm into. I mean, that just makes perfect sense, right? right. But, to, but to me, as long as like you're not forcing me to participate in something I don't want to participate in, as long as what you are doing is not illegal and i'm not talking about these states where you can only have uh missionary sex with your the woman who you were legally married to right. i'm i'm talking about like nobody would find what you are doing uh legal if you're doing that i'm not in, i'm not i'm not down with you but outside of that hey you know you're not harming me you do you boo right you know right <laughs> But I, I came into a situation of somebody that I know of. I do not know them. I know of them. They, uh, it's a man and wife, um, they get pleasure out of him watching her having sex with other men. Okay? Golden. Yeah. But I have, that. that's like, you have, have not seen the shame that has been brought down on this man. Like you're, you're just a, you're just a sorry cuck and all of that. And like, it, it's like the old thing, what I used to call the kindergarten thing. You put your hand over your mouth and you point, Ooh, look what the uh, shame, shame. I thought we weren't supposed to kink shame, but that's all I'm seeing from this situation, you know? So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because that, that, oh, seriously, that is all I am seeing from this situation. That, I mean, that is, uh, that, that's its own lifestyle. Like, you know, cuckolding is, like, there's, there's a bit of submissiveness, um, that goes along with cuckolding. And, um, for some, for some, I mean, for those, gentlemen that are that are into that that i mean I, I think that that's what they want i mean it's 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 wild i don't think i um am cool enough to 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 be in that situation my wife and i discussed it a while back and i told her like you know hey if you ever wanted to you know whoever wanted to bring in another person i'd be cool to bring them in for all the foreplay stuff. But once the penetration starts, I got to get out the room. Like I, I, I can't, I can't be in there for that, man. And you know, it's just, I don't know. Um, it's not about me being old school. I don't, you know, I'm a bit of a switch. I can switch back and forth between dime and submissive, but to the point to where you're saying, 
I need to be a cuckold and be cool with, you know, somebody else giving my wife the business or what I've seen in some of the uh, pornographic material that I've seen, you know, the wife having the, 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 the cuckolded husband doing some, some risque things with that bull that they bring into, you know, uh, the room. It's like to each their own. I just, that's, that's a tough one. You know, that that's a tough one for me, you know, and I'm, I'm all about uh, people expressing themselves sexually because I feel like once you own your sexuality, you know, you're in the best position to have the best life that you possibly can um, because sexuality is something that is so, it's like a wild stallion. You know, once, once it's, you, you can't just go up to your sexuality and mount that thing and think that you got it because sexuality is so fluid. It changes so much, man. Um, I can see my stallion. I see him. Um, but still, I, I still don't even have control over all of mine yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, like I said, not for me either. I'm not, that's just it's something I'm not interested in, something I don't want to see or, or whatever. But like to see the same group of people, like how dare you shame me for what I believe in but oh it's that guy i'll join you in shaming them that's what i don't get the the actual practice itself it is what it is it's not for me but as long as you're not forcing me to watch somebody like like i don't need to also be in the room you know y'all go to your house and and do that but i thought yeah it's like oh we're not kink shaming until oh it's somebody we don't like Oh yeah, let's let's shame and, and point fingers and all that. That's well, what I just I mean, don't get. It's like that in every aspect of life. It's going to be worse when it comes to porn because I'm like, look, these. I mean, we have people who will watch porn every day, and then see somebody who is a sex worker and pass judgment on them. Like, how how does that make sense? I mean, it's like you literally sit there and watch porn. Let's let's put a realistic time on it. Let's say you watch two hours of porn a day. And if you're looking at, you know, five and, and seven minute clips, that's a lot of daggone porn that you're watching for two hours a day. So how can you watch so much porn and then see someone who is involved in sex work and pass judgment on them like they're a horrible person? Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Um I wish people wouldn't do it, but what 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 can we do, man? You know, it's a it's a, it's a crappy situation. Folks forget they're in glass houses. Oh yeah, there's a lot of glass houses, and and they're backing. It's not the stone. They're backing the truck from the quarry up. Like, come on in, <laughs> just dump it in. I'll open the door. Oh wait, it's breaking the panes. Oh well, I got to bring the stones in. You know, and all that. We are going back now. I'm going to go back seven years, folks. I would not be here today doing this show or doing any show uh, if it wasn't for the man that I am talking to back in. No, this is eight years now. This is before I even started. We were um, at a local eating establishment. We were in one of their rooms. You were doing the, on the old, the old Go Radio Network. The Global Blow the whistle. The mothership, I used to call it when I got my show. I was on Saturday nights. I said, y'all have to y'all have to listen to the mothership every week. Got to listen to BTW, Blow the Whistle. So uh, sports talk is, is what you were into for a long time. That was your bread and butter. 
uh, doing that whole podcast, internet, radio, whatever you wanted to call it thing. Um, I know you, you've kind of fallen away from watching the sports when they were sports to watch. I mean, you know, we're going back into it a, a little bit. But from March up until just like the past month, not a lot of sports was happening. So if you were still, if if the big radio stations had come and they're like, we're making Blow the Whistle our flagship afternoon program three hours a day, what would you have been talking about the last five or six months? Uh, the last five or six months, just based on, uh, just based on everything that's been going on and knowing me. And I, I mean, that's tough, man. I mean, with everything that's been, I mean, you, I guess you've been talking about the absence of sports and how you're ready to get it back. Um, but then for me, with everything else going on in this country, like I'm saying that sports isn't as important as we, um, are making it out to be. And folks should stop demanding that sports come back. Considering everything that's going on, I'm looking at these folks because I, I don't follow any um, teams or anything like that. I think I follow a few athletes that I consider to be uh, reasonably exceptional fathers. Um, so, like, I follow, you know, like LeBron because I like what he does off the court. Um, I think I follow D-Wade. I think. I'm not sure. Um, but seeing these teams now come out and make these statements that they're not trying to play sports or not thinking about practice right now and things like that. I appreciate it. I mean, I think I'll be talking about that. Um, a lot as well. I mean, I don't know, man, Kobe died this year. So I, <laughs> I, I that, 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 that really, really hit me whenever it happened. And then for Chadwick Boseman to pass this past weekend, I'm just like, I would have I, honestly. The only thing I can think of is is current events. Um, you you're not talking necessarily about um, actual play on the field, which is something that I did with BTW, and I was able to give a stake to a good performance and uh, a juice box to a trash performance. Um, it would have been you know more the current events, why we're not playing, what's going on um, in the world, and how it affects sports. I think. If I were still in the game, that's probably uh, what I would have spent the time talking about. But man, that's tough. It, it's I haven't I haven't thought about I haven't thought about that. You know, I haven't thought because you, you mentioned BTW and I smile because I'm like, man, that is awesome. You know, that was the mothership. You know, that was what got me to the point that I am now. It's like had I not got into the podcasting game back in the day with L.A. Broaddus and the BTW Sports Talk, then the Tokyo Smoke Show wouldn't be a thing right now because I wouldn't, you know, have the comfort level that I have. But, yeah, um, I'm I'm so sorry. Like, you just asked a question that just, just had me looking at a whole field of what-ifs. Right. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you were alone in that because Kobe dying was just like, what is happening in life? Like, you don't expect that. You know, mm -hmm. you, you expect uh, a player, oh, 
he was in his 70s. He was in his 80s. Yeah, sad, but you're not shocked. Uh, Kobe, you're like, what happened? Chadwick Boseman, I'm like, oh my God, what happened? That was me Saturday morning. I'm like, what? My mouth literally fell open. What? And I'm clicking that, and I'm like, oh, I had no yeah. idea. N- nobody did, other than right. a, a, the small circle is what they call it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Kobe dying feels like five years ago. To, to like right. Just everything that has happened since then. I don't know if you remember seeing it. In February, there was a man who was going around with his cell phone in like on subway platforms and he would start a song and try to get people passing by to sing it and he he like started with this one woman and then she starts singing the song she has a fantastic voice and and all of that and i'm like oh i remember seeing that they're like this was february i'm like are you sure that seems like it was like three years ago right no that was february and they're like oh man it just felt like we I feel like anybody who turned 18 this year just automatically let them drink. They have aged three years anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, would, almost, I, don't want, I don't want to make light of anything that has happened this year, but it's almost like the Thanos thing, the snap happened in a different way. I'm like, oh, well played, Thanos. Like, he's like, I'm not going to make you really disappear. You're just going to feel like you disappeared and all of that. And I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over just ignorance and ignorant people and, and all of that. And every day I log on to social media only because I, that's how I keep up with some of the, people I hold close in my life and because I'm trying to raise the number to both this and my wrestling podcast I have to share and interact and and all of that but every day I'm seeing conspiracy theories and all that listen folks if Bill Gates were the real boogeyman we'd all be having Zoom XL3 phones right now and and Bill couldn't even make the Zoom work okay we, at, at the job that we both have, I had a guy was like, uh, yeah, my roommate stole my Zoom. And, like, all I could think about was, who has a Zoom? <laughs> like, seriously, right. I'm like, I'm like, he, he talked for, like, two more minutes. I'm like, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Uh, I zoned out for a minute. And it was, it was me going, who has a Zoom? Like, they also made a Windows phone. I don't know anybody who had a Windows phone. I had one for a brief time, but it was only because that was uh, that was the phone that my employer gave me uh, for a work phone, and it was a tra- that was a trash phone, man. Like I did not like that phone at all, you know. Um, and I'm pretty sure it has the capabilities of doing some awesomeness, but I just I wasn't on board for it, and. But I've heard those conspiracy conspiracy theories as well, my guy. Like, looking back on a TED Talk Bill did back in 2015, where he essentially talks about what we're dealing with right now. You know, and I'm just like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that he did it, but I mean, it's funny that he'd be talking about it with such uh, accuracy. 
Yeah, but but that's what he deals in. I mean, after he took a step back, and I mean, took three steps back from Microsoft, it's one of those things when it's a huge company, you can't say, I'm here today, I'm going to be gone tomorrow. You, you step away in increments because right. they're a publicly traded company. If you're gone tomorrow, you tank the stock. You're going to tank and, the stock, yeah. And that's not, I mean, Bill doesn't have to work, wake up tomorrow and worry about money. But the other people, the lower people on Microsoft and own that stock, they're like, uh, you're making us nervous. Okay. Right. Take, take your time. Slowly. Take slowly. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's what, so then he gets into the, the foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation and, and you're dealing with all of that and, and all of that. But I mean, so that's what he's. He he's seeing this. That's what every everybody like the in, infectious specialists. They're like we are we are due for another one. It, it could happen. Sometimes it's like H one N one, and it's bad, but we can manage it. We were working together when H one N one hit. We had people on campus who got it. We we put them away in quarantine. We delivered meals to them. And they're good. You know, it's, it it just it it hits. It, they're like it's it's regular at clockwork. You get enough perspective on something, and the irony just abounds at at everything. But I've also noticed that all these conspiracy people, conspiracy theory people, they doubt everything except conspiracy theories. They buy those hook, line, and sinker. They're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Now I'm going to share it with everyone I know. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't even add up. And they're like, you're just a sheeple. Why don't you get away from me and all that? I'm, I'm sorry. We were, we were in high school together, and we were both bad at science. So you didn't get those. <laughs> I'm still bad at science, but you didn't get no science degree. Yeah, I, I know. When but I, I, but I, you know, I believe what this one guy says. Well, there's nine guys behind him who say something different. You believe him because you want to believe what he says. Yeah. But looking at all of the social media, because, like, again, trying to keep up with the people that I care about and make this my full time job. So I'm concentrating on this while doing my full time job. So that eventually I become so successful. This is my full time job, and I don't have to worry about all the minutia. But those other things in my life, I was at a um, a church service one time, and the guy says, "Picture a bar graph, you know, like a, a pie pie chart. Right. Every everything else, your life is not going great. You know, let's say your marriage is not going great. All right, on this how pie chart, put how much is the other person's fault." Is it 100% the person's fault? Is it 50% the other? Like, so they, so he says they would always color it in. And he goes, even if they had been in his office for two hours before that, just railing, like, he's like, it was a guy usually. She did this. She did this. She did this. All right, we'll put on there. He goes, they would never do it was 100% her fault. They'll do 99 but they're like, I have to take my 1%. Right. He goes, so then I tell them, work on your 1%. Because you can't, you can't control her 99. You can control your 1. He goes, so if you're doing this and you can fix that 1%, work on that 1%. That's what I'm doing right now. 
uh, my mental health, I'm working on that. My physical health, we talked about um, weight loss and all that before we started recording when we were just catching up. Um, I am having serious talks with my wife's uh, surgeon. My wife had gastric bypass surgery and has lost 200 pounds and still needs to lose another 35 to 40 is what she, what her goal is but that's gonna it's 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 not gonna happen as rapidly as the first 200 right she, she had to lose 50 before they would even do the surgery and she ended up it was she was 75 down before they did the surgery she was a lot heavier than i was she has no problems with me saying that she's like it's just true and the and and so I'm looking at it because she and another friend of ours who had the same surgery, um, it was kind of our entrance into the surgery. They never, people saying things about their weight never bothered them. They had high self esteem. I have never had high self esteem. I've gotten used to people making fun of me for my weight. You know, mm-hmm. college students now, like I have to deal with college students still, and some of them are angry. At me, if it's late at night and I'm, they're having to deal with me for poor decisions they made, I'm disappointed that they make fun of my weight. I'm like, look, dude, I know I'm fat. You ain't got nothing else to come That's at me with. That's the best you can do? That's the best that you can do? Oh, my God. I, you know, I've made up worse things about myself in my sleep. <laughs> there's, a lot you can, there's a lot you can make fun of, and you went with that. Low-hanging fruit, my friend. Uh, but I remember just... Yes, struggling one time, and I'm at Food Lion, uh, putting my change in the coin star because I need some money, right? Right. And this little kid comes up to me, boy, you're fat. I've never seen a fat man as fat as you. I'm like, okay, thanks, little buddy. Go back to your mother now. <laughs> Seriously. Now, like, so I've never had the I've never had the high self esteem, but I'm like, I've just got to deal with it. But I'm starting to have health problems. My my knees are just shot. Um, I foresee sometime, hopefully in the twenty in twenty years in the future, I probably have to get both knees replaced. And so I'm scared mm-hmm. that the hips are next, and I'm also having gastrointestinal problems, and don't need to go into the minutia of all that. And I'm just I was tired of feeling this way. I had gotten to the point where I'm just, and so this changes. Like there may be certain foods I can never eat again. And I've got to deal with that. You you know, your body is, if I do this, I hopefully come off blood pressure medication and dedicate medication to help deal with. I'm like pre-diabetic. I'm not diabetic, but. I'm on metformin to to help me with my blood sugar levels and make sure that that's all. And and this for this, this for this, this for this. Hopefully come off that, but I'll still have to take vitamins for the rest of my life because now I'll be able to absorb those nutrients on that and give up, may have to give up coffee. And I love coffee. Um, uh, I usually drink about five to six cups a day uh, or more. You know, two large iced coffees a day and a regular cup of coffee in the morning and probably another hot cup of coffee sometime during the day. It all adds up. So I'm at some point, like, I may have to step away from it all. I may not ever have to be able to get caffeine again 
in my life, but it's either that or, you know, it's it's not, you're going to kill yourself. It's not, it's yep. a matter of when. It's no longer a matter of if. And I'm like, okay. You know, I, I may rapid weight loss. I may turn, I may look ancient overnight. Okay, but if I'm healthy, I can look ancient and just be healthy. My hair may fall out and never come back. Okay, then my hair falls out. I'll just shave it. I may look like a lumpy-headed, healthy dude. <laughs> lumpy-headed, ancient, healthy dude. But that's my Michael way. Chiklis. Yeah, that's my that's my one percent. I can deal with that. Um, had to finally break down because I could could see stuff, but my eyesight started going, and then realized like I can't read. <laughs> you know, I'm I, I'm doing this with the paper last year, so I had to get glasses. I have a follow up, my yearly follow up this Friday. Um, after that, going to get dental work done. I'm working on my one percent. I can't deal with all of the outside craziness, um, because that that's the next topic on my list. I can deal with my one percent, but I found out. In the past year, and and TJ, we've known each other for a while. Um, and one of the things I admire about you is like, look, if you don't like me how I am, that's your problem. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not like that. I'm I have a problem if people genuinely don't like me. Like I know there are students who I've had that hate me, but I understand why. I busted you or or whatever it is and you were doing something. But I realized last week we had an emergency meeting about something that came up and there is a woman on these meetings who just does not like me. I don't know why we don't interact. If everything was open and everybody was on campus and doing all of that, we would interact like 1% of the time. But I have noticed, like, every time I have said something or had an idea, she shoots it down right away in such a way that, you know, it's it's not like, oh, we shouldn't do that because of this, this, and this. She makes me, she doesn't say it, but she makes me feel like, like, you are dirt for even opening your mouth. And I'm like, what did I do to you? I don't know what I did. So how do you you do like when people just genuinely don't like you she doesn't have to like me but i'm like i don't even know what i did is it like because i've also seen this i'm in maine now there are people who just don't like me because of my accent they think i'm a hick they think i'm slow-witted and stupid like they will make fun of my accent i'm like that is not okay so first off and parental advisory for anyone who isn't ready, but first off, fuck them. That's why. Alright, so I just you say, how do I do it? And it's taking some getting used to. I've had to reevaluate how I am and how I look. I'm real simple. If you are not in my phone, then you're not real. I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to. If you're on Twitter, and all we do is interact on Twitter, I hate to say it, but you're not a real person. Once I get your phone number and then you are in my phone, then you're real. But you only exist as long as you're in my phone. Once I delete a person's front number from my phone anymore, they don't exist. I don't think about them. I don't have to. 
I've learned in my 37 years of living that you can do everything to a person's liking and they still can find a way not to like you. Like, I sit there and I go and I'm the most cordial person. I open the door for people. I wear my mask in gas stations because the sign says, do not enter without a mask. But there's still someone who refuses to wear a mask and doesn't look like me and will not hold the door for me. They'll see me walking towards the door and rather than hold the door just so that I can open it, and not have to, you know, be, you know, just the whole thing. They will slam the door in my face. Stuff that I have absolutely no control over because I didn't ask to be born to who I was born to. So there are people that out there that just just refuse to like you. And for that reason, I've, I've accepted the fact, okay, if you're going to like Tokyo, then you'll like me. I'm going to be 100% me and try my best to live my best life. If I'm doing that and there are people on board with it, great. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I could die tomorrow. And if I'm spending all my time worrying about who does and does not like me, then I'm not living. And God isn't going to, I believe in God, God isn't going to give me a reset. They're not going to say, all right, man, we're going to put you back in 1999 and let you start over from there. Nah, it's a wrap. So fuck people who don't like me because they got stuff going on in their life as well. And I don't really care. So to the young lady who shoots you down every time, you know, you say something, the professional in me is like, okay, you should probably reach out to her privately to say, okay, you know, hey, it seems this way, you know, what's really going on so that you can get to the bottom of it. But at the end of the day, just based on the way you, you know, say she interacts with you, she probably wouldn't even take that um, and and look at it as you being a mature person trying to come to terms with a, co- a colleague. They would oh this oh Joey's being messy. He's asking me how I feel about stuff just so that he can go and talk to somebody else about it. They will they'll gaslight themselves. So it's not even worth it. Fucker, she ain't worth it. I hope I've, she listens to this. I hope she listens. No, no, no. But see, here's the thing: what we got to understand: when someone doesn't like you, you would be surprised how much they go out of their way to be involved in your shit. So there is a, look, if, if she knows that this podcast exists, she might listen. And the black man from North Carolina says, fuck you. No, I, I don't think, I think that she hates me while we're, while she sees me or we're on these meetings. But as soon as I leave off, she's like, was there somebody else? I, like, I don't think she was. <laughs> but no, no, like, I realized it the other day. I'm like, I just, I, again, like, it was bothering me. Like, what did I do? You know, because I, you may not like my idea. My, my idea may be horrible, but it's not like I, I was getting like a, uh, the a response to me did not feel uh, proportional to what I said. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you know what? At the most, we might, ha- I might have to be on a, a meeting via Zoom with her once a week. That's at the most. And I don't necessarily have to be at that meeting every week or that meeting doesn't have to take place. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. Then unless somebody asks me for an idea, if they do, I'll give it. Then she can shoot it down. That's fine. Other than that, I'm going to be on mute or my, and my camera's going to be off and I'm listening with one uh, headphone. But, you know, just other than that, 
you know, I wish you well. But I, right. I've also gotten to the point while if I'm working on my one percent, uh, I've realized people are just making me more determined. Uh, I'm more determined. Like it took me four months to get my first thousand listens on my wrestling podcast. Hit it. Bing. Took me three months to get my second thousand. Woo. So now I'm I'm trying to just cut that down. I'm like, I'm shooting for two months. And two months from August 23rd is when I hit my 2000. So uh, two months is October 23rd. That's my dad's birthday. Easy to remember. So I put up his birthday and 3000. And I'm just working hard. I'm, I'm If things continue the way they go, I'm going to hit it well before that. I was going up every month in listeners until June. June took kind of a, a skydive. I was 150 listen downloads off. July, I came back. July was a, a pretty good month. Um, August now has been my most successful month ever. I came awesome. back. Ju- July was my most successful month ever. I surpassed that on Saturday and still growing. Um, I, I found, I believe I found the algorithm uh, okay. to, for it to work. And now I'm working on um, this, trying to bring across some of my old shows and, and put those up weekly so that I have a weekly show. I was trying to put them all on there at once. I'm like, dude, stretch out your content. So then I, I'm putting out a classic episode every week, trying to get all my old content. Some of it, about a year's worth, may be gone. And I think unless I have it, and I think I do on my parents' old home computer, I think all of the shows I did for the network are just gone. Oh. Like they like they show up, like you can search out the Comedy Shack. It shows right. up. But when you click on it, nothing happens. Nothing um, happens. Yeah. Because you're supposed to, it's supposed to, if you go a long time without it, it's supposed to drop off. And on on my old account where we used to do shows together, for free, they only give you 30 hours. By the time they started cutting me off, I was at 59 hours. I was at almost at, I think I was right at 60 hours. I was like, one minute shy of 60 hours. They're like, dude, you've used up twice the amount that we're allowing you. So I'm trying to take off those old ones, get below 30 right. hours. So maybe they'll free up the first about year and change of the shows. If they don't, I'm like, oh man, I hate to lose all that content. But you know, if it's gone, it's gone. It's you know, nothing I can, nothing I can do. But I think the comedy shack shows are on my parents' computer on my iTunes there. I think I downloaded them because I wanted them all in one space. So if I'm, able to get, if I'm able to get that, I can have a whole nother year of, of shows. Um, for that. Awesome. But all of this making me more determined. I'm trying to make the, the side hustle, the main hustle, so that I can get rid of this just hassle. I'm trying to do the hustle so I can get rid of the hassle. Um, so, I've kept you for a long time. You know that we always talk at the end. Give me your recommendations. Give me a, rec- a uh, good recommendation. A phenomenal recommendation. If you have HBO, 
I encourage you uh, to watch Lovecraft Country. Um, it is uh, based on a series of books my wife got into, uh, or at least started to when she was younger. Um, she's in, she's interested in you know getting back into it now um, because they've done such a phenomenal job. Jordan Peele and J.J. Um, Abrams um, are working together to produce this one. Um, it comes on on Sunday nights. It's in my opinion, HBO's attempt at having their own uh, anthology show like American Horror Story um, because this season doesn't have to have anything to do with next season because we're talking about books and characters from books. But, you know, you've got um, some phenomenal actors in it. They just aired episode three last night. Uh, my wife and I didn't watch it, uh, but we did watch episodes one and two twice each. Um, so I will be getting back. We will be watching episode three tonight whenever she gets off work. So Lovecraft Country is definitely uh, my recommendation for right now. It is a phenomenal show. It is a period piece. So if you do have triggers or traumas um, with seeing uh, people of color disrespected, um, if you do not know what a sundown town is, um, I definitely encourage you to know I actually grew up and went to school in a sundown town when I was in elementary school. Um, and that was in the 80s. There was still sundown towns in the 80s. So um, if you don't know, I definitely encourage you to do your research. But again, it is a worthwhile venture. Um, love the way that they film it. Love the way that the, the, the acting that is done is just phenomenal. So yeah, Lovecraft Country is the way to go. Nice. Um, I am currently, I'm going to go a book route. I am currently reading or listening to, it's an audio book. Um, the book is called Righteous by Joe Ide. Um, it is part of a, a book series. Uh, this is the second one in the series. It's the IQ um, series about a young man whose name is Isaiah Um Quintabe, a young African-American male in East Long Beach, California, um, was raised by his older brother, who was like a, a carpenter and a handyman, um, trying to teach him right from wrong. Isaiah, they call him IQ because those are his initials. Very smart individual, and he and his brother are playing basketball one day. And the brother, um, on the way home, gets hit in a hit and run. And Isaiah uh, spirals out for a while because he doesn't have any parents. And, and he's trying to keep up with his studies, tries to get a job, and that's not working for him. He eventually has a guy who he meets at school um, who's part of a gang move in with him. And they kind of get into uh, nefarious things together. Um, they they start stealing from people using Isaiah's um, knowledge to to do things and start selling uh, stolen merchandise and get caught. And his friend takes the rap for him, and so he tries to, he tries to clean up his life and use his gift. And he becomes like an unofficial detective for the neighborhood. And people repay him in like 
chickens and pies and he's like i need money and so he eventually gets back to where the people are paying him little bits of money but he's not making a living and his former friend that took the rap for him is now um selling jewelry anyway he he sells what he's like you need to look good in this but he's renting like bling that's it and making a lot of money and brings a case to isaiah that's the first book this is the second book they're doing a little bit better the friend is now out of of that business and has started up a food truck um selling um fried chicken and he's still an unofficial detective but he's doing better and also at the very like the last page of the first book he finds a clue to his brother's murder because oh. he had investigated it for a while but the trail went cold because he couldn't find the car he finds the car in a scrapyard so he started up the trail again and he finds out that his brother was involved in some stuff that was not great and it looks like that he was set up to be murdered all the so you get you get little bits and pieces of his life and his investigation into his brother's murder while dealing with a another whole case, and the other case is the the other case now is brought to him by his brother's ex girlfriend, who he was dating when he was murdered, who Isaiah just ha- happens to feel is the love of his life, and and so she's a lawyer, and he's like, I can't say no to her, um, but was jealous of his brother that of of all this and it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and um his friend that brings him the first case dodson is actually my favorite uh character because he's trying to turn his life around because his girlfriend is pregnant she's eight and a half months pregnant and he's like i ran the numbers and i'm going to be broke for my entire life (laughs) (laughs) facts And so he's all about like, I've got to make money. I don't, she, his girlfriend would not allow him to do anything illegal. So he's like, he's like, you know how, how hard it is to, um, get this food truck up and going. I got to make the monthly payments on that. And I've got the babies coming and, um, knowing my luck, I'm going to end up with a brilliant child that's going to go to Harvard when it's 11 and I've got to pay for it and all of that. So. Um, so the girl, his love of his life brings him a case and he's like, I I can't take any money for it. Um, but he goes, I do have a per diem and you can pay my partner the per diem. So the partner, so his friend is like, yeah, we're going to do this because I need the money. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, so Joe E-Day is called the IQ series. It is fantastic. There are five books in the, uh, in the series. I'm on book two now, so. Um, if you look up Joe Ide, J-O-E-I-D-E is how you uh, spell it, and it's the IQ series. First, The first book is called IQ, so. That's Just something. Good suggestion. All right, so while we're at it, plug away. Give us all your plugs, anything that you want to plug. So, hey, everybody, if you like the sound of my voice, that's cool. Um, the Tokyo Smoke Show is up now. We're on Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. We've got about 121 episodes up um, in season one. Getting ready to take a 
serious break um, and to get ready for season two. Um, so if you want to listen to stuff from season one, now is the time to do it while it's still available. Um, everything is going to go from free on season one. Season one is going to move over to Patreon, so you'd have to pay to listen to this. So definitely get into it now while you can. Season two is going to be starting at the beginning of 2021. Um, su- super excited for that. Toke Fest is coming up in April of 2021. Um, that's going to be um, about 30 of your favorite cannabis influencers from Twitter getting together in Niles, Michigan at the Celebrity Button Breakfast um, for three days of just love and life. Um, we are going to have a cinematographer there doing a documentary of that weekend. Um, so it is going to be an absolute blast. So Tokyo Smoke Show is getting ready to come back in 2021. Tope Fest is in 2021. I'm trying to take it easy right now while I get my stuff together, but I'm still releasing episodes. I released two episodes last weekend um, just so that I can have that interaction with people. I hope that you all are just trying to make the most of of the time that we have now. Um, and like I say, if you enjoy me, you can find me on Twitter at TokyoJ, T-O-K-E-O-J. And um, Joey, as always, man, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the, the, the calm that I get, you know, whenever I speak to you. Even when we're talking about stuff that's less than fun, you know, you're probably one of the most calmest people I know. So your calmness is infectious. So it's kind of difficult for me to be outraged and throwing shit around whenever I'm talking to you, man. So thank you. Um, And after everything going on this weekend and it was supposed to happen yesterday, thank you for not giving up on me, man. I definitely appreciate you. You're good people. I got nothing but love for you. And I want all of your listeners to know it. If you come across Joey wrong, I'm 6'5", and I don't mind using it. Joey knows anything happens to him. He knows what question is coming, who we got to go get. He knows that question is coming. So if you come across him wrong, expect to see me. Thank you. Yeah, man, thank you. From almost day one, that that was your question, who we got to go get when they just we gotta go get. destroyed my <laughs> that Honda Civic my ex-wife was driving. I'm like, what? why, why you got to do that? I mean, but. Yeah. It, oh, the less said about that, the better. I am on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram, all the same on all three platforms. I am at the Joey Harris. New episodes of the Joey Harris show. This one comes up today, but usually new episodes will come out on Sundays. Um, you can check out Joey Harris Show Classics every week. I release a new episode. Um, I. August is just always crazy in my real job life. So I pre-recorded five episodes of the Cup of Joe wrestling show. And the last one was released last Thursday. So I've had new episodes every week. They're just a new episode this Thursday. We're still in the year 1989 talking about some good stuff there. But you can find that on all um, platforms, wherever you get your um podcast you can find that and the joey harris show that comes out on sundays folks in the meantime and in the between time take care of yourselves and each other um that is it thanks guys we will see you later